Welcome to Sleepless in St. Canard with Nostalgia Places Rem Cycles. I'm Kitty. And I'm Ange. And we haven't slept in 30 years. This is a podcast about the 90s classic cartoon Darkwing Duck and his stupid hat, where we throw ticker tape parades that defy the timeline, and we also throw flower petals at dog nosed villains and threaten to tell their mommy when they're bad. Where Negaduck is the king of quick change wardrobes, diaper and all. That's right, today's episode is all about Let's Get Respectable. I see you already Ta-da. made a few observations that I made just based on your intro. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. And as you guys recall, uh, we are doing this episode because Ange and her infinite wisdom and kindness uh, has graciously given me a break from our comic book re uh retelling slash her melting my brain about the comic book arcs which we will get back to but we just needed a little a little reprieve from all of that a palate cleanser if you will i will thank you and uh this one was on our list anyway so we're just gonna knock it out of the park here so let's get respectable and if you want to watch it on Disney Plus with us, it's um, season one, episode 49. And the description is Goslin and Honker give Darkwing an image makeover. Accurate. Yep. Yeah. But our episode today opens with the Mallard House. And everyone is sitting around watching the news. And Tom Lockjaw, uh, you know, the hero of everyone's news craving hearts is talking about a countdown of the city's most uh, respected, hottest, single most eligible bikini suit wearing uh, heroes. And he, well, that's just my take on it. But Tom Lockjaw is is very excited about this list. He's like, I know I'm excited. I'm like, oh, Tom Lockjaw, you're a little excited about this, huh? He gets so, excited about, about everything. I guess he does. It's his job. But, of course, they started all off with everyone's obvious choice for the number one hero is Gizmoduck. But they do the fun gag of Drake going, Gizmoduck! And then Tom Lockjaw saying, yes, Gizmoduck! It's always it's always funny to me when that happens. It's beautiful. Um, and so, yeah, of course, Drake takes it super well. Oh, Gizmo Duck. <laughs> what a joke. It makes me laugh. Ha ha. And in the in the midst of this, Launchpad has been eating popcorn on the couch. And for some reason, Goslin does some, like, super acrobatic way to eat the popcorn out of the hair. Uh, out of, not out, ooh, not out of the hair. <laughs> out of the air over his head. And he just looks like he has all of the joy drained out of him when that popcorn doesn't come back down for him to eat. It's a little, I guess they were like, we can't just have them sitting here watching TV. We need to do something. We need to animate something. So that's what they went with. (laughs) Okay. Pretty clever. Yeah. And you know, with this episode, it's a little spotty in parts, but the animation is generally pretty good and the characters look pretty cute in it. So I appreciate that. Um, and then Drake is like, well, they just missed me pl- saving the best for last. And then <laughs> Tom Lockjaw comes and he's like, way at the bottom of our list. And he can't even pronounce Darkwing's name. And the picture that they have of him is upside down. <laughs> it's perfect. It's so funny. And he calls him Darkworm Duck, which um, it's his new name now. And then we go through... A whole series of clips of them interviewing people on the street and a little old lady's like dark worm duck ran over my foot and there's a couple little kids who are like he gives us nightmares and then there's a construction worker who's like he knocked a building on me while I was working at it and it's a really interesting direction uh, for a segment about the heroes of the city and who's the best that it just turns into an expose about how awful Darkwing is. (laughs) It's like they didn't interview anybody about Gizmo Duck. It's just like, hey, why don't you tell us about Darkwing Duck and how awful he is? Which is why it's funny. You see that, comic book writers? This is funny. Everybody being like, we love Darkwing Duck. Also, they just, all hate Darkworm Duck. Just the fact that he admits it, too. He has excuses for <laughs> all of these things. He ran over a little old lady's foot. <laughs> 
And he's like, well, she was in the way. (laughs) She was jaywalking. Uh, Yes, he does not deny anything except for the little kids. He's like, oh, those little kids, they're just, you know, they're scared of the horror movies and the video store or whatever. Also, RIP video stores. Um, But yeah, he does not say, oh, that's impossible. I couldn't have done. He literally owns up to every single one of them. Maybe just kind of, you know, hitting home the fact that Dark Worm Duck is not as good a hero as Gizmoduck. But he does, uh, he does lament very loudly and very long about the injustice of his poor public opinion. Once, just once, I'd like a little understanding from the citizens for whom I nocturnally risk my neck. All I want is a little respect. I'm just misunderstood. But you're supposed to be mysterious. You're the terror that flaps. I know, LP, but no one's sure just why I flap. Half the police force thinks I'm a crook, and the other half hates my hat. It's a good hat. It is a nice hat. Oh, please. It is a nice hat. It brings the whole look together. But the goslin chimes in with, you have an image problem. Good thing I'm your daughter. And aw. I don't know what her PR qualifications are, but aw. It's cute. (laughs) I appreciate that. And then... He says, what you need is an image that the people want. And then Drake is like, no, no, no. What I need is an image that people want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Good job. And then he says, let's get creative. And this whole sequence is pretty fun. I hate the outcome of it. Really, like, a lot. But <laughs> it's cute. It's like Goslin and Honker are sitting there with clipboards trying to assess Darkwing's current MO. And somehow... Even though it's impossible, Darkwing hams it up even more than usual during this sequence where he does his I am the terror that flaps in the night. Like, he really leans into it, and he's, you know, tiptoeing around and doing all these dramatic motions. So somehow he even outdoes himself. And in that sequence there, he does his I am the terror. He says, I am the pit bull that bites the ankle of crime. And, uh, yeah, so, of course, he can't. He can't do that because that's his current thing. So Goslin tells him that you have zero profiles of Dark Queen Duck. You got no spin. And uh, as she's like critiquing him, she's pacing around him. Uh, she looks really cute and kind of on on model through the whole thing, which is kind of challenging for this show. <laughs> but she looks super cute and he's reacting to what she's saying, but like subtly, not like super big and cartoony. And he also looks very, very cute, well animated and outraged and, and hurt <laughs> i would like to add saying. i would like to add that i have a feeling just the tone and the words that goslin was using i think they were satirically mocking probably disney higher-ups who when when the writers you know submit the stories to whoever mm-hmm. and they they get probably criticisms back like you have to redo this because it's too scary for the kids and I I I can't prove this but I just get the feeling that they were kind of making fun of that with the way that they had like just the way even you said Goslin's walking around and she's like the tone and everything Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that's like how these like higher ups sound when they're giving the revisions to the writers and telling them what they can't do Sorry, Dad, but you have zero profile as the current Darkwing Duck. You've got no span. And I think this entire episode is probably even a commentary on the fact that I'm sure they've gotten complaints that Darkwing Duck is too scary and too violent a TV show. Well, I can't really argue. because, <laughs> um... <laughs> But no, it's definitely a play on the whole pitch like you know when you go to make a pitch for a show and like what the studio execs think versus what people actually like it's all about the data and the data is you know generally wrong but yeah so she she's picking him apart and telling him everything that's wrong with him and says that uh she like you need new you got no spin so of course in typical cartoon fashion he says oh, i can spin and just spins around and wraps himself up in his cake and falls on the ground and then she tells him that the smoke's got to go and the cape is just not happening. So Gosselin Matt Ballard was the proto-Edna mode in that thing. But the Darkwing, <laughs> he, he, he says, No blue smoke, no capey. <laughs> no capey? 
<laughs> what? Why is he calling a capie? I feel like he was trying to mock something, but I don't know what. Oh, I don't know. There is definitely one thing that I picked up in this episode that I, like, looked up, but I could not think of a capie. I was like, no capie? <laughs> well, anyway. And then a uh, honker starts crunching the numbers. And he says that smoke doesn't skew well with the 18 to 49-year-olds. Goslin says, ecology concerns, you understand. And capes are old hat with the over 65 crowd. And then Goslin says, speaking of old hat, you gotta lose this thing. And then snatches the hat off his head and keeps pl keep, please uh, keep away with it. So that's the dismantling of Darkwing Duck and his ego. She full body kicks him across the room. <laughs> <laughs> she does. She keeps the hat away from him and then body checks him, just kicks him into the next frame, basically. <laughs> so then we swipe cut to the big reveal of Darkwing's new image, which is horrendous. Oh, I hate it so much. It's so bad. Which is the intention of the whole thing. I get it. It's not lost on me. But it, I, ugh, it's so bad. But once again, he has a hat. And he has a cape, which means that he's out with the 18 to 49-year-olds and the over-65 crowd. So he's got that sweet spot of the 50 to 64-year-olds in the back. <laughs> so, yeah, he's got these big stupid wings on his head that make him look like a Captain America on steroids. Like, they're huge. I think they're bigger than his head is. But it's like a little baseball cap base. Like, I don't even know what's happening there. He's got a, a ruff around his neck. Like Sh William Shakespeare, but like tiny little ruffles around his wrists, a weird like high-shouldered cape attachment thing, and then he brings it all home with a, a big yellow flower on his belt. And to be fair, Darkwing isn't sold on it either. He's like, isn't it kind of frilly? And Launchpad says, Gaz wanted ruffles. So did Launchpad make this? I don't know. Or maybe he's just explaining it to Darkwing, like why it looks the way it does. I'm not sure. Yeah, the way that he says it, he's like, well, Goslin wanted ruffles. Hmm. hmm. And I also did not pause to um, fully get this, but there, I swear there were a few times in this episode where Launchpad had fingernails. And this oh. part was one of them. I don't know if it's true. I was too afraid to go back and look. But Schrodinger's fingernails. If you are... <laughs> if you want to brave the unknown, dear listener, you could go see if Launchpad has fingernails or if I was just wishing the worst for myself. Um, Honker tells them that demographics show that ruffles are big with the elderly lady set. And Darkwing is very thrilled with this. He says, oh, he says, grannies will be thrilled. Oh, oh. Dark. Darkwing, you, you need to get in with those grannies because you ran one over. <laughs> <laughs> so Goslin gives him his replacement gas gun first which is just a basket of flower petals <laughs> and Honker says that 81.6% of people regard flower petals as 100% not threatening this is all perfect for a crime fighter guys I want to know um, what the launchpad. I want to know what the other percentage of people think about flower petals are they threatening to them are they scared of them are they allergic to them <laughs> Mm, maybe they've seen uh, Bushroot in action. Like, no, I've seen what flower petals can do. Well, I guess it's also 81%, 81.6% of people regard flowers as 100% not threatening. So there could be different shades of that. Like, only semi-threatening or super-threatening. I don't know. I want to see this data. I, I feel like Honker is just making this stuff up. Show us the stats. So, yeah. Come on, don't be a coward. Release it. Release the papers. We want to know. Uh, so Launchpad sets Darkwing up to make an entrance, and he just jumps in kicking and punching. He doesn't even try to do his speech thing. <laughs> it's just like Darkwing, hiya, and just doing Darkwing. And Goslin shuts him down immediately, urging him to be empathetic and appealing. He just looks super cranky about it, but then does starts doing ballet dancing as he gives us his new I am the terror speech in an empathetic and appealing way 
Like, I am the good that flaps. And he gets corrected to flutters. And he just did the perfect Jim Cummings outrage voice. He's like, I am the terror. Good. I am the good that flaps. Flutters. I am the good that flutters. <laughs> I can't blame him, honestly. I know. <laughs> and then Launchpad helps and he's like, I am the good that flutters in the night. He's like doing little hand like puppet birds. Like, no, wait, day. And then Darkwing is still completely outraged and like I am the good that flutters in the day as he tiptoes around gracefully. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Goslin loves it. And uh Launchpad says it'll play in Peoria and even St. Canard. And this is where I Googled things. I Googled it too. Yes. And it says that it's a U.S. English figure of speech. And I have never heard this in my life. You take it, Ange. Did you write it, write it down? No. So I'll rely on you to do okay. it. Okay. Okay. So the phrase is, will it play in Peoria? And it's traditionally used to ask whether a given per product, person, promotional theme, or event will appear in mainstream United States or across a broad range of demographic and psychographic groups. The question derives from a theme repeated by characters in Horatio Ogler Jr.'s novel $500, or Jacob Marlowe's Secret, which was first published in 1890. Algier was a best-selling author in the 19th century, especially among young people, and his books were widely quoted. In the book, a group of actors play in Peoria, Illinois. Illinois. I know how to say Illinois. <laughs> Occasionally, utterances such as, we shall be playing in Peoria, and we shall play a Peoria, uh, appropriated as symbolic of reception by mainstream America. These declarations were alluded to in a paraphrase, eventually resulting in the question, will it play in Peoria with the particular intent it now carries? So there you go. We yep. all learned something. I'm sure you, some of you already knew this because you're smart people, but I did not. I was like, what did he say? And the Google searches to get to the actual spelling of Peoria were an ugly battle, my friends, I must tell you. Really? <laughs> I just, I just typed in, will it play in, and it filled in the rest for me. Oh, see, I was typing in, like, what is he saying? I listened to it a couple times. It's like, play Oria? Oria? <laughs> I got, I got there eventually, but yeah, I should have done your method. It makes more sense. But yeah, so there we go, guys. We learned a thing, or you uh, tolerated me reading a Wikipedia article to you, so I appreciate it either way. Um, but back to our playing in Peoria slash St. Canard. Darkwing, for the first time in his entire life, is willing to take his family's advice and agrees with next to no fuss about this. And this is where we get our title of the episode where he goes to say, let's get dangerous. He's told to say respectable. So he says, let's get respectable. The one then... time he should have fought his family on something and he didn't. I know, right? It's so, uh, this episode. If Negadek wasn't in this episode, I don't know that it would be so highly <laughs> rated in my heart. But, spoilers, Negadek's in this episode. So... The makeovers did not stop with Darkwing. The rat catcher has also been uh, upgraded to the new image and is now a giant swan. And I have no idea how he sees anything driving this swan because the swan neck and body is taking up the full, like, space in front of his eyes. So, I don't know. He does okay. We don't but see him driving it, do we? Yeah, he drives it off the bridge. Oh, right. Um, but, yeah, he's got... But the little sidecar from the rat catcher looks exactly the same, and it's stuck on the side of the swan, so that's pretty funny. Um, and they call it the Swan of Peace. The and, Swan um, of Peace could apparently teleport, because there's a split second where the background switches, and they're inside their living room again. And then it switches <laughs> oh, back. No. You didn't notice that? No. There was, like, five seconds where he's he's sitting, like, they're on the tower, and he's sitting in it saying something about the Swan of Peace, and then it switches and they're in their house again <laughs> and then it switches oh my back God. <laughs> <laughs> i did not notice that i was probably too busy going how does he drive it but yeah so everybody of course darkwing is sitting in this giant swan part of the you know swan of peace 
but then Launchpad, Honker, and Goslin all jump into the sidecar, <laughs> and they sit very comfortably. It's it's pretty cute. And Darkwing um, says, "Well then, let's put it on the ground and see who digs it." Yahoo! That's the old marketing spirit, Dad. And I liked that. I liked that turn of phrase. I've never heard it before. So he takes the Swan of Peace out for a sail and winds up in St. Canard. The old lady whose foot got run over by dark worm, dark, bleh, dark worm duck is attempting to cross the world's busiest street. Why didn't she just <laughs> use a crosswalk? Like, does St. Canard not have very many crosswalks? Like, I don't understand why well, she chose that spot. She's a jaywalker. Oh, that's true. She's living mm -hmm. up to her reputation. Maybe Darkwing this was onto something. This is why she gets run <laughs> over. <laughs> this is why she keeps getting run over because she jaywalks into rush hour traffic. It's not even rush hour because they're moving. They are flying. It's just like a constant stream of cars. So they see her. Darkwing is immediately annoyed at the cliche that he's about to do because he's like, oh, I have to help an old lady cross the street. But <laughs> he goes about it in the complete Darkwing way. He's like, excuse me, ma'am, may I be? And gracefully leaps into traffic <laughs> and lands as is helpful as he's holding his hands out, stopping traffic and probably causes a 20, uh, 20 car pileup. It's just, he's just so dramatic about it. And it's, it's great. It's perfect. Uh, no notes. And she crosses pleasantly, um, commenting on how helpful he is. And then he gets run over. <laughs> because it's, dark, it's Darkwing Duck. <laughs> so this, this little segment here that we start going into now is him finding those people that were interviewed on the news and making them see his new image. So next we have the completely normal setup of Darkwing Duck a full-grown full man showing up to the playground. It looks like at a school's recess. <laughs> uh, where all the children think that he is terrifying. Goslin says to him, We'll just spare the nightmare image here, Dad. And a strange man in a strange costume approaches strange children who are terrified of him. It just occurred to me, his, his catchphrase is literally, I am the terror that flaps in the night. I feel like his whole point of his existence and being as Darkwing is he's supposed to be scary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the duality of the ego, he wants to be loved. So we find him in pastel colors and a flower belt. And he just announces himself to these children. Darkwing Duck here. And they say, oh, no, he's going to give us nightmares. He's like, no, I'm here to be your pal. Now you really should be giving these children nightmares, Darkwing. But they're like, oh, yeah, cool. Okay, let's play dodgeball. And they throw a ball at him. And Darkwing does not dodge the ball, but catches it in his mouth. And his head dribbles itself off the ground for a little while. And the kids are cured of their phobias of him, but now need therapy for this ball-headed tragedy in 20 years. It's really, it's kind of disturbing. <laughs> it's supposed to be funny. I'm sure it's funny. But to me, I'm like, I don't like this. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Ballhead Darkwing? The ball seemed much bigger in his mouth. Like his head was bigger <laughs> than the size of the ball itself that got thrown at him was the first thing I mm -hmm. thought. Like it was more beach ball sized. But yes. Yes, <laughs> yes on the whole, <laughs> definitely uh this, this episode had a lot of secondhand embarrassment for me, and we'll continue mm. getting going over that and getting there, but yeah. Yeah, it doesn't get better from here, as far as the secondhand embarrassment goes. But it's... Sort of, I don't feel like anybody is embarrassed in this episode, so we have to feel it for <laughs> them. Um, so then, next and last on the hit parade here is the construction worker guy. And he's about to get taken out by a, a toppling crane... Darkwing shoves him to the ground, and uh, he takes the metal beams to the head and not die instead. And, uh, yeah, so that kind of cinches it for the people of St. Canard. The construction worker is impressed. And then he's just making a speech, basically, <laughs> to a whole bunch of people. 
on the street about his new image and how he's the best. And there's, I don't know why <laughs> this guy chose this, this time, but there's a purse snatching going on, like, right <laughs> off camera of this speech being made. In broad daylight, and, in front of a huge and, crowd of people. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. He's like a knockoff Beagle Boy guy. And he is about to interfere, but Goslin is like, remember, you have to be PC now. And so he just starts throwing flower petals at them. He's like, oh, stop. Oh, where's your sense of justice? And this, of course, works immediately. No, it doesn't. So, like, really the episode here, it's just, like, the crook is fighting with his lady, and I feel like he, they're just tug-a-whirring on her purse, and he comes and he throws flowers at them. And then the crook steals his basket of flowers. <laughs> this guy is incorrigible. He really is. And he tries to clobber uh, this crook. But Goslin reminds him he has to be nonviolent, so instead he threatens to tell the crook's mother. And the crook is understandably shaken, begs him not to do it, gives the basket back, and promises to reform so his mother doesn't have to be told. What kind of mother so, this is? I was going to say, if he's a reject beagle boy, certainly not Ma Beagle, because she would disapprove greatly of his reformation. Yes, yes. So maybe it's Ma Beagle's um, cousin or sister or something. We don't talk be... about Beagle. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> That's it. Bruno Beagle. <laughs> That's it. I, it's now canon. So, yeah, so that went over very well. Everyone is very impressed, and Goslin and Honker shake hands at their victory. And then. Once again, we go back to the tower, and Darkwing is using a powder puff on his face. <sighs> what is this? There's a secret world of powder puffs, and I am not included in this. I need a powder. I'm just going to go and gonna go to Ulta in a trench coat and a hat and ask, would you keep them powder puffs and see what happens? Because <laughs> I have never seen a powder puff in the wild either. Like, do they come in things? Because, like, cartoon people have them in, like, little compacts. I don't know. I, just, I need to get to the bottom of this. I did not Wikipedia this, so we'll see. We'll see. It's one of my great, greatest mysteries in life. Um, you know, I have a very thrilling existence. <laughs> just that, and then... Where did the purple eyeshadow on Hot Cartoon Girls start? Still, the jury's still out on that. I know a lot of people tried to help me with that the other day, but specifically looking for the purple. Still specifically looking for when the purple equaled hot. <sighs> and it's a crime because purple eyeshadow does not look that great on me, so how are people going to know? Anyway, back back from my therapy <laughs> here. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we're back, and he's powder puffing. And he thinks up new catchphrases for his new M.O. And he settles on, I am the gold at the end of the rainbow. And, you know, sure. It's fine. Launchpad wonders when Darkwing will have time to stop the real crooks. And for not the first or the last time, Launchpad's reaction to what Darkwing says is the exact same one that I had. Where Darkwing weaves this big convoluted theory about how his new non-violent non-threatening image is going to stop the criminals from doing crime and even everything out i don't i don't Dark know how that logic. works he's like it all adds up yeah he's like it all adds up and launchpad says boy i sure wish i did better in math class and me too launchpad me too <laughs> like what are you i don't like i don't even follow what you're trying to say there but we don't have to worry about math for too long, friends. Because in another fun transition here from scene to scene, we zoom in on Darkwing's reflection in the mirror, which transitions to a picture of him tacked to a fence. Nice. This is a nice transition. It's a lot like the um, um, Morgana reflection in the diamond, like an interesting way mm -hmm. to, to set up this thing. So we were looking at this, and it's of course it's a picture of Darkwing in his new stupid costume, and a bunch of knives rapid fire into it, and the last one hits it, but disappears, and I, 
I've rewound this so many times just to see what the last one was. It was not really worth the payoff because it's just a butcher knife, but it hits the fence and then there's a heart cut out. So it's a butcher knife, flies to the fence, and then just leaves a heart-shaped hole in Darkwing Duck, which sounds a bit like somebody's got a crush, if I'm being honest. <laughs> Negawing shippers rise up. (laughs) (laughs) Cuts a heart into the poster and the fence and vanishes somehow. And then we pan over to Negaduck, who is moving up in the world as far as hideouts goes. As he just chills out in a garbage-filled alley. (laughs) Ranting to himself. (laughs) This may be one of my favorite Negaduck introductions in the show because he's just in such an awkward pose as he talks about how much he hates Darkwing. <laughs> he's just like twisted because I guess it kind of makes it seem like he threw the knives over his shoulder like he wasn't looking because he's his back is to you when you see him and then he twists around real fast but he's like still like his feet are still planted where they were and he's like I don't know it's just so funny <laughs> he's just ranting about how much he hates Darkwing and how he's going to knock him down to a few pegs and blah, blah, blah. And he's just stalking around this alley, like, waving his arms around and, like, getting super into it. <laughs> he's just he's just doing this all for himself in a literal back alley filled with trash. And this is the halfway home. point of the episode when he finally shows up. <laughs> yeah, he took his time. He took his time. Um, yeah, so we have, we have a Negaduck on the radar. And I have to take a drink now because we're getting to the scene of scenes. Oh, yes. Your favorite. It is my favorite scene in all of Darkwing Duck. And it makes me laugh every single time. So here we go. So we go to, com- well, we go to commercial break with Negaduck screaming his own name. <laughs> And we come back from commercial break to the exterior of the police station with the Swan of Peace parked outside. And we just slow pan across the police station. We see a a heavy set guy who's walking along looking really concerned at a report he's reading, which we find out later is the chief of police. And we go through it all. We get to a beefy cop next to a lanky cop who has a donut in his hand. It's not even been tasted yet. Lanky cop takes a bite and instantly the beefy cop says, How's that donut? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why it's so funny. It's his voice. And like nothing else is moving. Like they're just like, oh my God. He just, he needs to know. He's very invested in how that donut tastes. He can't even let the guy finish chewing the first mouthful. And sadly, we never know. So this is the perfect moment. Stop the episode here. This is the pinnacle of entertainment. <laughs> well, goodbye, everybody. I'm out I'm out here. This is the end <laughs> of the podcast. Thank you for listening. We got to this point. This is all I wanted. No, that's not true. Because there's still quite a lot of very good things that happen in this episode. So, after we let this sink in, this masterpiece of cinema, uh, Darkwing prances in to the police station, throwing flower petals at the police chief and tells him to take a two-week vacation. And the police chief is not sure about it, but Darkwing boots up a video of him during a ticker tape parade to convince him. And that's enough. And he, you know, the police chief is like, oh, you're right, you're right. He's like, and that's a wonderful hat. Lies. Lies, and he and all of the other cops just instantly get the f out of dodge and go on a precinct-wide fishing trip. It seems like could even be a city-wide fishing trip. Who can say? All they had to do was trust their magical prophetic television that predicts the future. <laughs> yes, because we did not see a ticker tape parade. Put that in your back pocket, listeners. <laughs> So then we go back to the Mallard household where Honker is reading off the the latest public opinion report and it is revealed that Darkwing is the highest of the highest regarded by webbed feet and Bill above 
Gizmo Duck. Darkwing is elated. Best day of his life. And he screams, Yes, I am the truth. And I don't I don't even know what that means. But he is it. He is the truth. And then the next scene is the ticker tape parade that he showed the police chief that is happening in real time. Ha! It's magic. He is the truth. He is a time traveler with a handy cam recording himself like a voyeur into his future. It's just like, wait, wait a second. Like maybe those scenes were swapped. Like, it, I don't know. Like, it seems like it could have been. Like, he... Maybe they just didn't sense. have any filler to put onto the TV. So they're like, let's just reuse this shot of animation. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. But Darkwing is is very humble about the whole thing. Just kidding. He's screaming like... Yes, enjoy yourselves reveling me. I'm here. Okay. See, this is kind of a glimpse of the Darkwing that he wishes he was. Like, this is what he thinks he expects. And I'm really glad we don't get this Darkwing for, you know, all of the show. So then he gets to the mayor and the mayor presents him a key to the city. And he gets the honorary title of mayor for a day. And then the mayor also jumps on the bandwagon and goes on that big old citywide fishing trip. But, lo and behold, who is also watching this press conference but Negaduck in a trench coat. And he is not impressed. He's got to point out the fact that he could just take off his clothing and, like, wear civilian clothing and nobody would know, like, if he took off his mask. But clearly, he mm -hmm. just sees his costume as, like, default and can't come off. So he just puts a trench coat <laughs> over top himself. <laughs> yes. Yes, because he's got the, um, the little red turtleneck thing sticking out. So he's disguised in a disguise. Disguiseception. And then my next note is just Negaduck plots. That he does. He does. He does. And then... Negaduck reminds the local goons that they are in fact goons and the goons decide to rob a bank. Because they're all just kind of standing around talking about how, oh, Darkwing Duck, he's the best. And Negaduck reminds them, hey, you're bad guys. And they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> this entire, this the rest of this episode is just Negaduck playing everybody like a fiddle. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and playing every role himself. This is basically, if it wasn't for, you know, the literal cast of dozens other, this would be Negaduck's one-man show. And I would watch it. So then the, the goons go and they rob a bank. And Darkwing in his new persona proclaims, I am the truth. I am the supernova at the center of the universe. And gets hit by the van that they're driving away in. He proclaims himself Darkwing speed bump. And then... It's just kind of like the local goons are having the best day of their life now. And they hit a jewelry store and Goslin. It just, he's so ineffective in this persona, like this new Darkwing, that he can't do anything by himself. Granted, in the episodes where he does fight villains, generally he doesn't defeat them on his own. But he just really, I don't think he beats anybody really by himself <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> There's a bit of architecture that, that beats the big bad, but we'll get there. But yeah, so then he, there's the, the goons robbing the jewelry store and Goslin jumps out in front of them and just like, stop in the name of Darkwing Duck. And then Launchpad tows their van away. <laughs> it's like, okay. I guess because Darkwing is in the hospital being reinflated. They just got to get that uh, beach ball back. And shove it in his mouth I think and then Darkwing drops in on more goons trying to chisel open an ATM and they crush him into a bank card shape and put him in and then he proclaims himself in a weird robotic voice I'm Darkwing Auto Deposit and he's like I feel like he's even worse of a hero in this 
new costume. Absolutely. Because then he, it's like the ATM just starts spitting cash at them. And then Goslin and Honker and Launchpad save the day again. And Darkwing Dollar Bill flies out of the cash slot and turns back into him again. And now he's talking to the press again inside the jail. And all the news people, yeah, he's talking to the he's like, people of the news or whatever. And But it's also all the people who talked crap about him. Like the old ladies there, the little kids are there. Like these kids don't have parents, I think. <laughs> and the construction worker guy, all in the jail. And the news people are like, oh, didn't you have help, you know, locking up all the, the crooks in the city? He's like, oh, yes, a few citizens lent a hand, which I think is the only time where he is also very gracious to the people who helped him. So, a few firsts in this episode. But, <laughs> who is that amongst the press? That couldn't possibly be Negaduck. He's not wearing a yellow suit. <laughs> and he goes through three different reporter costumes. <laughs> in like the course of like 30 seconds they're not the same i think the second one he's wearing the mustache and then it's the next one he's just not wearing the mustache but it's the same costume <laughs> so the first nega reporter uh darkwing have you stopped digging potholes in the streets after dark what no i, I didn't I, I mean i i've been looking for the guy who's doing that have you stopped skulking over rooftops at night in order to frighten the children of St. Bernard? Yes! I... no, I have... what? I'll never sleep again! Oh, Darkwing, why haven't you stopped ringing people's doorbells and running? So he's the one! I should have known! <laughs> is it hot in here or is it just... Mwah. Can we talk about the fact that it's implied that because all the citizens are like, hey, I wondered who was responsible for that, which suggests that in his spare time, Megaduck goes around the city digging potholes <laughs> and ringing people's doorbells and running away and just terrifying children, <laughs> like, in his spare yes. time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. It seems that way. Other, um, Or he just did his homework, but I don't feel like Negaduck would ever do homework. So it just seems like he's crediting Darkwing Duck with what he knows that he did to to get everybody off off his uh off his side again, mm -hmm. which is great. And the beloved fans are now quickly becoming an angry mob, and Darkwing, who proclaims loudly to this audience, "Who? How did that baby carriage get there? We don't know. There's a convenient baby carriage right next to Darkwing." Uh. Where Darkwing says, look, babies love me. And then the baby within starts crying. And then the kids start crying. And as it all deteriorates, the baby is revealed <laughs> as a very pleased with himself Nugaduck. Who steals the key to the jail cells and gives a very menacing line while in a diaper and pink bonnet. <laughs> I like that he doesn't get out of the baby carriage. He just stays. <laughs> I just when I I remember watching this episode as a kid, and I remember having severe secondhand embarrassment from watching him just standing there in his bonnet and his diaper. Oh, it's him! Your, your secondhand embarrassment is negative. <laughs> He knows what he was getting into. He is wearing, he is rocking that. He does not care at he all. He has no he shame just... whatsoever. <laughs> Zero. Oh my gosh. It's so funny too, because he's just, again, I keep saying it, but it's always, he's so pleased with himself. He's always pleased with himself, but it's funny every single time. And this, this time it's like really just playing exactly how he wants it to. So Nega Baby declares, all right, guys, clear out the city and bring everything here. But he's standing in the middle of the jail, still wearing his giant diaper. And on. <laughs> Just standing there in a giant pink diaper. He does take the bonnet off his head as he's talking. But it's just so funny. <laughs> so funny. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Nega Baby is, is on the move. <laughs> and uh of course we get to see the terrible things that happen 
once Negaduck's influence has seeped out into the, the local thugs, and the little old lady gets shaken upside down, so she loses all her valuables, and the kids have their lollipops stolen. And the construction worker guy has the car that he himself is driving stolen out from around him. <laughs> <laughs> it's just whoosh, gone. It's, you know what? I would just let him have it. That's impressive. I don't even know how they did that. It's like when you take the uh, tablecloth and you pull on it and all the flowers and everything are still standing. It's skill. It's the Grand Theft Auto version of that. And yeah, so then the mo angry mob approaches again. Darkwing tries to remind them that he's a supernova at the center of the universe. But, oh, that trench coat negaduck tells everyone that Darkwing sets the crooks go. They're out the city. And Darkwing finally realizes who the diabolical duck in the trench coat is and starts to attack and then the crowd starts to attack darkwing the mayor returns from his fishing trip early and is pissed he is pissed he's got to get the cops back and darkwing flees in shame darkwing resigns in shame locks himself up in a closet <laughs> in their house and he wonders how he could be so dumb to let negaduck trick him and launchpad says Ah, you were just being yourself, D.W. Any idiot would have done the same thing. <laughs> Thanks, L.P. Classic. Mm-hmm. And then Honker tells everyone that Darkwing is public enemy number one, which seems like something that would annoy Negaduck, but he orchestrated it, so I think he's probably letting it slide because he knows that it's torturing Darkwing more than inconveniencing him. And then I guess if he does kill Darkwing, then he'd be public enemy number one. Exactly. So there we go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we, they do the bit again of, of Launchpad saying, well, maybe we need the old DW, Darkwing Duck. And Darkwing's like, no, maybe we need the old Darkwing Duck. Oh, Darkwing. And Launchpad says to him, once a terror, always a terror. And then we have another eye in the terror that flaps in the night. I am the scrubbing bubble up to criminal scum as we get, as Darkwing is just literally ripping his clothes off in the middle of the living room to reveal that he has been wearing the Darkwing Duck costume underneath this pastel nightmare the entire time. Dramatic lightning and thunder all around him. <laughs> yes. Who then we zip over to Negaduck celebrating atop a giant mountain of money by throwing it around and commenting on the dramatic weather. <laughs> How I love a good destructive thunderstorm. He he sure does have a good time. That dark. Uh, oh my gosh, that negaduck. He, you know what? He earned this because everybody in this episode was so stupid. Every citizen. <laughs> the the fact that they were all swayed so easily from the very get go, mm. and I don't know. It it's just he. He orchestrated this, and frankly, I think it is the St. Canard citizens' fault for being the dumbest people alive. <laughs> so I think, I think Negaduck, you know, he, he also, you know, he fooled, the, he got all the criminals to bring the money to him, and they didn't question mm -hmm. that. So I feel mm -hmm. like he, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a Negaduck fan, I really do think that everybody <laughs> in this episode was just so dumb that, like, they deserved it. Yeah. Yeah, they, they didn't really do any critical thinking at all. Um, but yeah, so so Negaduck is, is having the time of his life, and the last of the goons show up with the money that he tells them to add to the pile, and then they say that they want their share, and Negaduck says, Tell you what, I'll hold a guilty party. <laughs> all the refreshments are on me. Say, let's hold it in the jail cells. <laughs> and of course, they all run into the jail cells, and Negaduck just goes down the lane and locks them all in because, of course, he does. <laughs> Did you catch the sound clip while they're like all partying in the jail cells? And one of them says, I hope there's candy corn. I love candy corn. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the worst. Oh, candy corn. Um, yeah, so he locks them all up because, of course, he does. I want a green hat. Oh, I love candy corn. I love candy corn. 
And he immediately goes back <laughs> to celebrating in his traditional way of just throwing the money around and being very excited about how it's all his. <laughs> uh, but, of course, the, the Negaduck celebration is cut short when we get a, I am the terror that flaps in the night. And in a perfect delivery, Negaduck is just not even, like, super amped about it. He doesn't react strongly. He just shakes his head and goes... I knew it couldn't last forever. Like, <laughs> completely resigned to it. Just, like, no real emotion. Just flat. It's great. And uh, Darkwing proclaims himself the muddy shoes that track the linoleum of crime. And a perfect exchange. Perfect exchange. Negaduck, just on top of his pile of money, points at Darkwing and screams, No! <laughs> and then Darkwing points up at him and goes, yes! <laughs> mine, mine, all mine! <laughs> I am the terror that flaps in the night. Oh, I know it couldn't last forever. I am the muddy shoes that track the linoleum of crime. No! Yes! I am Darkwing Duck! So wonderful, it's so good. And then he goes, you know, Darkwing goes on to talk about how, you know, this is, I came here to thank you because I uh, couldn't take on taking care of crime while taking care of my nice guy image. And he goes on for a little while and Negaduck just slams the door in his face. Darkwing kicks the door off the hinges and uh, crushes Negaduck and then starts jumping on it repeatedly, <laughs> <laughs> which it just reminded me of Justice Justice Ducks. Where the, the roles are reversed and Negaduck is just jumping on Darkwing as he's down on the ground. <laughs> and it's it's good that they're both so equally petty. It also reminds and... me of Justice Justice Ducks when the yak lands on top of Negaduck and he gets crushed. And he, <laughs> he picks it up and throws it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's what Negaduck does. He just lifts the whole door up with Darkwing on it and chucks it into the ceiling where Darkwing is splatted. And then Negaduck just catches him. And throws him down the hallway, and he reminds Darkwing of how mighty he is, and does a flying kick down the hall. Mrs. Darkwing kicks the wall, hits the, like as he hits the wall, and then he just falls down the stairs. <laughs> and that's it. And it's like a really long, like spiraling staircase, <laughs> which I guess this is the police department like the, yeah, the police station yeah. has a long spiraling like spiraling staircase for some reason <laughs> yeah uh, so negaduck just makes negaduck noises as he falls down the stairs my how the mighty are fallen And then we get to the bottom of the stairs as Negaduck is still tumbling down. And Darkwing somehow beats him down the stairs and holds open a jail cell door so that Negaduck tumbles into the jail cell where he gets, uh, you know, beat up by everybody. So I guess he did eventually invite them to the guilty party. <laughs> so, And then we get two cops showing up and find Darkwing's note explaining everything signed the old Darkwing Duck, and the two cops, they're standing there. One says, oh, you know what that means? And then the other one that's voiced by Jim Cummings goes, yeah, he'll be wearing that stupid hat. How dare they? How dare they? Neither of them have hats on, so maybe they're just hat adverse. I don't know, but it's rude. And then, in a, a lovely little ending to this episode, we're back at the Mallard residence, and they're having their own mysterious hero award ceremony for Darkwing, and present him with an award. It's just, it's just a little statue of Gizmo Duck with a Darkwing cap and a uh, Darkwing cape and hat, <laughs> and he's annoyed. And Launchpad says the trophy shop did a rush job, and then Geislin hugs him. And it's cute. And that's the end. But it's kind of a weird one. Because it's definitely, like you were saying, it's a, a parody of, like, studio execs and, like, people, like, the big shots who don't really know their audience and, like, all about the demographics and blah, blah, blah. 
but it's also like you always you like you should always be your real self like moral kind of episode but it never really it feels that way it doesn't get resolved that way it doesn't like, like the citizens still hate him this is never like solved he just goes back to mm-hmm. being Darkwing and I guess is you know resigned to the fact that everyone's going to hate him forever yeah yeah which I mean it's good but it's just like it's weird in that kind of especially of the time that it came out where it seemed like every cartoon need to have like that moral at the heart of it this one was there but it wasn't really i don't feel like it, it hit home that much like it wasn't laid on too thick it was more just like uh yeah darkwing's a jerk and he'll always be kind of a jerk but here he is back in his costume we're, we're you know slate's clean let's go we're back at where we started <laughs> And this might be the last time Darkwing ever takes the advice of his family and friends. Quite likely, yes. Who could blame him, really? But, yeah. It was a good one. I enjoyed it. Prime Negaduck. Very good. <laughs> I almost... I started to watch, because I'm not... I'm, I really shouldn't be on this podcast, because I'm not very good with remembering what episodes or what episodes so i was like oh which one did i say we were gonna watch <laughs> and i was like oh disguise the limit yeah that's right and i started to watch disguise the limit and i'm like i don't remember this <laughs> i was like wait a second no it was the one with the donut <laughs> this isn't the one with the donut <laughs> so i turned it off but I was enjoying that one. I don't even remember that one. I was like, oh, Negaduck is in this in the beginning. I was like, Negaduck's not in this in the beginning. <laughs> so I had a little bit of a crisis of my poor brain being like, no, wait, this is the wrong ducks I'm watching right now. So I got to a sneak peek of that one. We're all about the diapers uh, and donuts over here. <laughs> the 2Ds, the 2Ds. Diapers, donuts, darkwing, and hats. <laughs> tiny ties and the time turtle i know the time turtle is gonna bring me down but in my mind he's adorable uh so yeah so um on the quackerware freshness scale and the negaduck factor how would you rate this episode uh hmm negaduck factor really plays a a big part in this i'm gonna say it really does without the negaduck factor i'm gonna say 2.75 out of five because the plot itself is you know pretty basic but everyone is just so stupid and i can't get over that fact like even goslin and honker's choice like goslin's a pretty smart person and seems to have a lot of common sense and she was just so lost in the demographics that i feel like in any other episode if he had walked out wearing that she'd make fun of Mm -hmm. him and be like now Mm -hmm. you're really part of the geek squad like she'd like it just All that stuff didn't make sense to me, but, like, I can see why they had to take that route. With the Negaduck factor, I'd say a four out of five. (laughs) Oh, not a perfect five. Not Because of the diaper? (laughs) Yes, because of the diaper and, like, animation errors and just the sheer stupidity of everyone. But Negaduck at least makes it fun to watch. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Like, if I feel like he's really... The glue that holds this episode together because otherwise it would just be i mean all right so i'll rate mine i'm gonna rate it as zero on the quackerware freshness scale because a zero looks like a donut um but just add like a million to it so it's a million donuts out of five and then the negaduck factor i've got to say it's a five out of five for me <laughs> for the negaduck factor because he just delights me so much in this episode like the no and the yes is so great. And I feel like what you're saying as far as Goslin, Goslin does seem very out of character in this episode, which, you know, we know why. We know because of the theme of the story. But absolutely, she would be appalled if he showed up on his own in that and, like, was started saying what he was saying in this episode in that new persona. She would not be cool with it. She would think he was a giant nerd and she would be right. She already thinks that, but, but yeah. she'd think it even more. Yeah. Yeah. Negaduck, 
He's so he's just so good. He just brings something to every episode he's in. And I really feel like if you took Negadek out of all of the episodes that he's in, even swapped it with anybody else, they wouldn't be as good. Nope, they would not. Like, it's just, it's his delivery and how the heights he will go to and the lows he will go to <laughs> to get anything done. Like, this is a guy who is considered by fans and by I'd say most people in general to be Darkwing's greatest foe. And yet he's apparently not above ringing doorbells and running away and like dressing up as a baby. Like he has such rage in, in the level of shame. He's got the range, darling. And I, I can appreciate that because I think people focus too much on him being the ultimate threat and being really serious and dangerous mm -hmm. and these episodes really remind you that he's he was defeated by stairs he was not defeated <laughs> by darkwing he... gravity is the harshest hero of all <laughs> yes i know i know you've mentioned the, the stairs defeating him a couple times but i forgot it was this episode so once i saw him start falling down the stairs i lost it it made me laugh so hard but he's great. He's just so good. And Darkwing, once he's Darkwing at the end, I feel like his Darkwing and Negaduck's interactions are always super solid. So once they finally, once Darkwing realized that it was Negaduck, he's the, uh, he's just the worst. I know it's a running gag that he's really not a great de detective and he is not as observant as he thinks he is. But every time it's like, dude, he's wearing your face. It's literally you. How do you not know that that's Negaduck right there? Well, I couldn't wear, I couldn't grow a mustache, so he couldn't have grown a mustache. Oh. Negaduck is so. a very convincing actor. I mean, any disguise <laughs> he puts on, I mean, what what was uh, Malice's restaurant? He puts on the fake nose and glasses, and that's all it Oh, takes. health inspector? Yeah. <laughs> He's the master of disguise. Yeah. He really is. And it's, I think it's more the chutzpah of just being able to be like I'm a completely different person because he doesn't really go all out. He's always wearing black mask so it's like he's not really disguising himself. He's disguising his disguise which is fun. He's just he's just fun. He's I feel fun like um, DuckTales 2017 was going to play with that concept because for anyone who doesn't know uh, the episode Let's Get Dangerous the original script and storyboards revealed that Negaduck from the DuckTales 2017 version was supposed to be in it. And just like this episode, he was in a disguise, except it was an actual, <laughs> like, really convincing good disguise. He was he was uh, disguised as Taurus Bulba's assistant, which was a female cow, kind of like Clovis, but her name was mm -hmm. Kafka. And he reveals himself, like, by removing the costume, and he's standing on stilts. You would say that he goes through a metamorphosis. <laughs> and it's just, okay. I feel like that was like, the DuckTales team was acknowledging the fact that Negaduck, you know, in, in the 91 series, he did have kind of a running theme of occasionally putting on costumes <laughs> and somehow convincing everybody that, he, <laughs> I don't know, it always works. Yes, it always does. Always. Never fails. Well, in the DuckTales 2017, too, he was also an actor, so it was a double whammy there, but I don't know. It's it's so good. I wish they had gone with that, because I would have loved to see more Negaduck in any variety, but again, we get why they didn't. And uh, We're just left with the memories of what could have been. So there we go, guys. That's Let's Get Respectable. We watched it, we talked to you about it, and... Here we are, in our diapers, and I know you all are wearing your diapers too, because that is the only way to listen to an episode about Let's Get Respectable. Let's no! No, don't even, <laughs> don't even say that. Cursed. Everybody's in their diapers. Just imagine them all in their diapers. No! <laughs> um, okay. You hear my crinkling? That's my diaper. I hate right you so much right now. <laughs> <laughs> so now that i've traumatized you <laughs> so we're gonna go back to see 
after all this, after all the trauma that we've suffered through uh, with the comic book ones, it was my turn. But so we're, we're pick, we'll pick them up next time, right? Yes, I wanted to get into the annuals, which was Toy With Me and the Untimely Terror of the Time Turtle. I'm going to draw a picture of what I think, what I want the Time Turtle to be. Please do. And I'll look, I'm going to look at it as you tell me about a completely different story that completely crushes my heart. <laughs> it's not going to be my Time Turtle. <laughs> That's how I'm going to ring in the new year. I'm just going to sit in a corner and draw a little turtle. <laughs> Not the worst way to As spend God a new intended. year. You know, that's how I live my life. Uh, appreciating turtles and uh, their ability to transcend time. Okay, so next time we'll be doing the annual full of toys and turtles and maybe no diapers? I don't know. I have no idea. But until then, everyone remember that crime doesn't sleep and neither do we. Goodbye, everybody. Sleep. Yes! I'll never sleep again! <laughs>